News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. Brought to you by Squid Motors. Every vehicle you purchase from our showroom comes with a free 10-foot live squid in the trunk. Get even more than you bargain for at Squid Motors. And welcome to Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thoris Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning. I'm Alan Gilbert with GeekySideTV.com. You can call, and that's our buddy Max behind the glass. Max, turn that music down. <laughs> you can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. Well, Alan, um, gosh. Uh, well, I'm glad you finally got your ears cleaned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's... What a, what an eventful week! Um, there's we're it's see, been a it's been a busy week. You know, has. William Shatner goes to outer space. Yes, there's um, there's there's new developments in uh, asteroid mining, mm-hmm. and all of this is going to relate to uh, to our to it our home. Does at one shockingly. point or another, it comes to a big box steer, store near us. So uh, we've got a thirty years of stupid that sounds <laughs> very relevant this time of year. So, oh my gosh! Um, and actually, Max later in the show has a deep cut. Uh, it's another mm. one of his deep cuts, and, and actually, I got in on this. It's um, actually uh, information on how the pyramids might have actually been built. And this, mm. there was a, you know, we watched different videos on it, and there's some very plausible theories. There's one in particular that we're gravitating towards, and I'm not gonna we're we're gonna throw it at you blind, so you can't mm, good because I'm gonna respond with Key West, Florida. Okay, all right, jeez, <laughs> um, okay. Uh, Key West, Florida, huh? Yep. All right. I don't know where that is. We have a must-have item of the week. And, Alan, uh, we would really love for for people to give us a call because um, we're going to be doing some ticket giveaways uh, coming up now. We're, oh, we're only okay. 30, we're less than 30 days out from the Memphis Comic and Fantasy Convention, which we run um, November 12th through 14th. And we're going to, in honor of uh, welcoming in our Tool Talk uh friends we want to get them over to the convention so we're gonna be doing some giveaways i'll talk about that later so it's all coming at you today on tool talk radio but before we get to any of that and now tool talk radio's weekly salute you'll never have any success in life unless you know how to take care of business Elvis Presley was such a firm believer in this notion that he not only made this the animating principle of his musical empire, but he was even able to monetize the letters TCB. Wait, just imagine that. Mm-hmm. Hogwarts dropouts Fred and George Weasley may have been the school's biggest practical jokers, but they were also able to take care of business by converting those skills into a solid business model, launching the hugely successful joke shop Weasley's Wizarding Wheezes. And, of course, the amateur marine biologist and scuba enthusiast Alan Gilbreth would never have gotten away with installing a one million gallon fish tank in his backyard in order to study the most burning question in science today. Is it possible to train a group of squid to play water polo (laughs) without first taking care of the business of bribing his neighborhood homeowners association director? To look the other way in exchange for a lifetime supply of fried calamari. <laughs> so I guess that's the losing team. They get served you know, up there. You have to have motivation. <laughs> yes, the ability to take care of business is critical. And it is no less so in the area of tree and limb removal. Boy, there's a left turn. Yeah. <laughs> Throughout the history of mankind, tree and limb removal was a backbreaking operation. Today, however, tree and limb removal is a much easier task thanks to the invention we honor today. 
my friends, we give you the chainsaw. Yeah. Alan, I got to tell you, man. I <laughs> you went down a dark, dark back alley Folks, with this one, didn't you? Yeah, and women, if you're if you're eating, you know, ladies out there, I just want to say I developed a brand new respect for you after I, I mm-hmm. did. Okay, so Alan, I'm just minding my own business. Here, right. A little peek behind the curtain, folks. Here's how this works. I do, I, I write up the uh, salute. I, I, I come up with the, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, the item we want to salute mm-hmm, that day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then I do the research and find out who invented it. Well... Would you believe, people, that the uh, chainsaw was originally invented to assist with childbirth? Yes. So, holy smokes, Alan. So, basically... uh, It was designed to do cesarean sections. Yeah. Well, this is before cesarean sections were really much of a thing. And so, they, they... this just sounds barbaric. They, they to widen the, uh, you know, birth canal, yeah. I guess, they would cut the pelvis bone and cartilage yeah. and everything, and they called this a sim, simaciontum. I don't know how to pronounce that. It's a, it's painful, basically. This was invented in 1780. I yeah. guess this, so no anesthesia. And, 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 and just keep in mind where this was named. This was all named for the cesarean section, which gave birth to Julius Caesar, Way back before we had power tools. Yeah, I mean, boy. Yeah, there you go. Ladies, the, man, you, you know, kids, next time you want to complain to your mother about something, Mm -mm. just just look at what they go through. Yeah, don't. Yeah, just don't. But, uh, and then, and then, so, you know, we fast forward to 1905. Um, There's a lot of competing inventors, you could say, that were, that were trying to, uh, you know, convert this over to, you know, using it for wood and other items. And so in 1905, Samuel J. Benz of San Francisco, he really got the ball rolling. Uh, he was trying to cut down these big redwoods, which, you know, I don't know how I feel about that, but I guess, you know, trees do re- grow again. Um, in 1918, James Shand, he was a Canadian, he mm-hmm. um, made the first portable chainsaw, uh, then once you get into the 1920s, it's off and running, and I couldn't really pin down who was, who was the you know a wide variety of people did a wide variety of variations. Absolutely. So, well, speaking a wide of a wide variety of variations, you're listening to Tool Talk Radio coming to you from News Talk 98.9, the Roar of Memphis. We're gonna take a quick break, and uh, Alan, just for kicks, we're gonna jump into our 30 years of stupid. Hmm. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. This castle is in unacceptable condition! Unacceptable! News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Alan, the drawbridge was working when I left. I don't know what his problem is. And welcome back to Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry, and Wood Turning, here with my buddy Alan Gilbert from Geeky Side TV. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989, or go to the Tool Talk Radio Facebook page. There's there's reasons to do that, Alan. For one thing, we want to hear from you. Mm -hmm. Give us a like. You'll always be up to date on our podcast, because, you know, we... uh, we're very proud of the podcast platform we're on now, Alan. Yes, uh, you need to pop over to tooltalkradio.com and click on that Spotify button, and that way you can, uh, yeah, you can very happily take us with you. Yeah, I think a lot of people have mm-hmm. Spotify. I know it's one of my favorite platforms. Super easy to use. Yes, easy to find us. And and, and of course, if you like, we say if you go to Tool Talk Radio's Facebook page, you can get the link every week mm-hmm. and. Uh, 
Also, we want to hear from you about your your home improvement adventures, your home improvement trials and tribulations and uh, pictures and all that. And just like we love the pictures. We, you know, we love to see your successes, but it's okay. Go ahead and confess your disasters too. It's therapeutic. Oh, yeah. Trust me. So, um, <laughs> because speaking of disasters, yeah. Well, no, uh, before, but but uh, okay. Never mind. I had a really interesting segue, but l- we'll do that next time. Alan, speaking of disasters, as you say, the thirty years of stupid. You didn't prepare me very much for this, other than to say there's a right way and a wrong way to do, uh, install an HVAC system. Oh, Larry my Brown, gosh. listen up. I'm sure you're gonna cringe here. Oh my gosh. All okay, right. you know. I am a huge proponent of DIY. Sure. I am a massive proponent of it. We have a whole show devoted to it. We do live demonstrations. We, you know, you know, all these wonderful things. I'm going to throw in just a couple of scenarios I ran into this week. Just uh, this week. You know, you see a lot of things I don't see, Alan. Just this week. Well, see, yeah. you get those nice, stable jobs somewhere, and you're on location for what? Weeks, occasionally I'm months. On things made out of wood. How yeah, complicated you is know. that? You know. I, on the other hand, am the person on the other end of the phone when they go, we don't know how the ostriches got out, but right. they're loose. Yeah. <laughs> Call Alan. Uh, so that that's my world. Okay. Of... Wow. Uh, how do I explain? How do I explain this? All right. One, if you have a window unit air conditioning, the backside of it needs to be in the outside world. Yeah. Okay. Not <laughs> your I, sub building next door. Yeah. Do not. I mean, the office was beautifully cool. The warehouse was was bacon muffins because those those the the backside of an air conditioner oh. is funny it's like it's it's kicking out all the humidity that um, it's where all the heat goes all the water and the heat goes out i mean it's the word it's like you're making it in a, a jungle uh, uh, environment and, in there and i and i admire their ingenuity they they were looking at it and they were kind of like okay if we cut a hole through the wall here it'll just go into the warehouse right so they did and and they put the window unit in and but now the window unit is venting all of that humidity and all of that heat into where they were storing stuff. Okay. And they were wondering why it was 150 degrees in the warehouse. Okay, so Alan, you're let, let me let me guess the scenario. I can already see where this is going. So you've got a warehouse, so I'm assuming this is the office side of it. This is the office right, workers. Right. They're baking. They're baking alive in a steel building. No, no, the the warehouse workers are the one baking alive. No, everybody was baking alive. So they got cute and they got the idea that, well, what we're going to do is we're going to cut a hole in the wall and we're going to put a window unit in it. Okay. So far, so good. And I got to admit, they found a good spot. They didn't cut any wires. They didn't get into any water or anything. Found a nice little spot on the wall. Sadly, the backside of it was in their warehouse. Okay. So they didn't they didn't read the uh, manual on that one. That, so, oh, yeah. no, no, no. Well, they just, because of the size of the warehouse, they were thinking no one will ever notice. Okay. See, you know, and they, they don't, they don't realize how much water and how much heat. Yeah. Even a small window unit chugs along and produces. Okay, see see Alan what I what I saw happening here when you're when you're describing this is a lot of passive aggressive stuff. <laughs> it's like you got the uh, you got the mean boss cuz I worked for a guy like this way back when, when oh I was like my 19. Gosh. So, you know, they're all comfortable and, mm. and and cool inside the office and they're making it even hotter and more miserable for you and it's like, well, just, you know, or it makes it where you're going to uh 
I don't know, get get to work quicker because you don't want to be around that heat blowing out. So I don't know. It, it sounds like it sounds like a pretty dirty trick to me. Like, I, I wonder if this was on purpose. or <laughs> it, it wasn't because it, it backfired on everybody because, okay. you know, they're, they're in there like, why is it so moist in here? Why is the air so wet? Why is the? And I'm like, yeah. OK, I know you thought the warehouse was big, but you have just no idea how much heat you were up against. Yeah, so that it didn't occur to them that. You know, this, well, this hot air, of, when you stand next to it, it's blowing out. Well, of it, it, it occurred to them, but they didn't just, they didn't realize the volume of air okay. that was going to get moved out of the back side of that air conditioner. So, and, and then, and then as a caveat to that, all right, ladies and gentlemen, there are reasons they put safety devices yeah. on things okay. to automatically turn them off when something goes wrong. Please oh, there you go. do not disable these. <laughs> I think that's a good rule for anything. I, I'm Don't just, disable the safety. I, you know, I'm not going to get into too many specifics, but again, another air conditioner. But somebody went, you know, we don't need that flood switch. <laughs> just just pull that thing out. Don't worry. Just let that sit up here. Oh, you're talking and, about like an actual full unit. Then. Uh, well, it, some of the larger window units also have a flood switch in case water starts coming back in the front. Oh, I see what you're saying. And yeah, you because you also have to tip them slightly. And so they the have to sit down. at a quarter bubble back right. so the water goes backwards, not forwards. Yeah. Well, this one was installed beautifully, 100% completely flat and level. Okay. As Joe begins to smirk and going, no, no, I mean, it was perfect bubble level. Because I already level. know. So now it's going to flow over on both sides. And now the water is going to be even on both sides. Yeah. And they took the little float out of the front so that, you know, it wouldn't, you know, don't worry about it. It'll keep running. It'll keep running. Yeah, it'll keep running all the way out the front door as it fills up your carpet. And, oh, you know, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Some of the things. All right. If you're going to put these things in, folks. Please, please read the instructions. Yeah, they're not they, there. As they a need suggestion. they need to lean slightly backwards. Mm -hmm. The water goes to the back, and for heaven's sake, make sure you know where they're venting out to because it is really dramatically a lot more heat than you think. One other thing, Alan, while while we're talking about this, if you if you've got a one of those window air conditioners and they're going out. You don't want to put it like two inches away from the bush that's right out there because, for one oh. thing, well, uh, it depends on how much you want to get rid of that it's bush. It's going to clog it up, or it might start the thing on fire. I don't know. I mean, it's going to dry it out. For it's sure. going to it's going to kill it. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a lot of heat. I mean, you know, and that's when you get you discover you also have prairie grass that grows really good and loves that heat and will come up right in front of it. Okay. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. So, boy, it's the stuff you see, Alan. You know, I mean, I I don't have to deal with that, luckily. I, well, it was just one of those moments where, you know, they, they, they walked me in and showed me in the office how they installed it. So I'm checking the insulation. I'm looking at the foam. I'm I mean, they even had the quarter bubble leaned back and everything just right. And I'm like, all right, I don't really, you know, I'm not seeing a problem. So let's go around on the backside. Yeah. And when, when we walked out, I expected to kind of, you know, turn left and walk around to the backside of the building. Now, we turned right and headed over towards the warehouse. And I was like, oh, here we go. Yeah. And you walk into the warehouse, and, of course, it's like, oh, no, 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 no. This this is – you guys are trying to cook everything back here. Yeah. So it, it just – once again, ladies and gentlemen, the volume of heat and humidity that one of these – and it's a very small unit. 
No, and but they're his, working. They, they it, kick out the water. Well, as Larry Brown has reminded us, you know, just your average home unit puts out over 60 gallons of water a day. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. So, absolutely. Hey, you know what, Alan? Speaking of Larry Brown, because enough of this. We, I mean, <laughs> we've talked about how not to do HVAC. Let's talk about how to do it correctly. Yes, absolutely. The good people at Brown Refrigeration, they know their stuff. And this is an interesting time of year, Alan. Uh, I suspect today might be one of those days you use the heat and the air conditioning mm-hmm. in the same day. It's, it's It was a little cool this morning, you know, and uh, by this afternoon, who knows, it might warm up. And you need your system running at peak efficiency. They they always have the, – this is what I always recommend, too. They have these great tune-up uh, specials. Yes. Get the thing tuned up. Get it ready for winter. It it never hurts. It's, it's very affordable, and it's also a way to check the uh, – to check out the system and make sure there's no problems. And uh, well, there's a key word there. Find a problem while it's small. Right. Don't wait for it to become, oh, wow, the compressor's gone. Right. Well, yeah. and the other good thing is they have, uh, if you do need to replace your HVAC unit, what I love is the financing. We really need mm. to sell that, Alan. They got a great financing uh, terms. Very, it's almost like, what, I don't know, four years of no interest. I don't want to get the number wrong, but it's pretty impressive. It is. And uh, and also the clean air systems, especially this time of year with the pollen and all the uh, stuff in the air. It's making me sneeze. So, Um, And their smart home technology. They do it all at Brown Refrigeration, and they have a really easy-to-remember website, brownref.com. And you can also give them a call at 901-362-1881. And as we always suggest, when you call in, ask for Mrs. Brown and ask her to tell you a funny story or something. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and ask her why she hasn't come on Tool Talk Radio yet. That's what I want to know. So. Oh, well, oh, you're going to be subtle and put a little pressure on that. Yeah, so. She has enough good sense. So. Yeah, well, yeah, she, she, she's met us. But they're good, she's been in here before. They're good people over there, too. So, um, But, Alan, uh, I think when we come back, I want to, you know, I want to uh, talk about our t- – we're going to be giving away some tickets to, uh, to our listeners, and I want to mm-hmm. give them information on that. But also, um, gosh, I guess let's get our tales of woe out of the way, too. You've got – flower boxes oh yes oh yes that sounds very relevant so we're going to get to that so i guess we'll get all our warning tales out of the way (laughs) and then later in the show we're going to get very sciencey and futuristic you're listening to tool talk radio here on news talk 98.9 the roar of memphis we'll be right back tool talk radio with joe and alan this here paint is absolutely permanent. It will never come off. So if I see even one drop on anything but wool, I'll have your ear ends cut off and mounted over me fireplace. So have fun with the job. News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. You know, there's a fine line between motivating and terrorizing, Alan. I mean, you know, I was going, wait, I've worked for him. <laughs> yeah. And welcome back to Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Doris Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning, here with my buddy Alan Gilbert from Geeky Side TV. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989 or go to our Tool Talk Radio Facebook page and uh, give us a like. Get in touch with us there. You can actually see the must-have item of the week now if you need spoil. If you can't wait, you know, to uh, to see what it's going to be. If you're one of those people that needs those spoilers right away, you know, go there. And Alan, I wanna I wanna invite people. Um, you know, here's the thing: we uh, we're multifaceted individuals, you could say. 
We're, uh, we're, we're here for fixing up your home, working with tools, talking about science and the mm. future of home improvement, but we're also a couple of hardcore geeks. Mm, indeed. Uh, uh, if you listen later in the day, of course, we host uh, Geek Tank Radio, and we also run the Memphis Comic and Fantasy Convention, which I don't talk about a lot on Tool Talk because it has nothing to do necessarily with that, but it's only a month away. It's going to be November 12th or 14th, so anybody that uh, calls or texts today... Uh, one of you is going to win two free passes mm. to the Memphis Comic and Fantasy Convention, which uh, weekend passes. So that's an eighty dollars that, value. So that that's worth some money. It's a lot of fun. If you've never been to a convention, they're a blast. It's a three day geek celebration. Imagine hundreds of people in costumes. So over there, you got Darth Vader, Batman, mm. you know, everybody, and uh, geeking out, celebrating uh, all the good stuff about geekdom. And Alan will have his booth set up. Mm. For yep, well, indeed, I'll be there. Geeky Side TV. So uh, get in touch with us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline, 901-683-0989. You can call or text us there. Mm. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, Alan, uh, and uh, in a minute, we're going to get to your flower boxes, do's and don'ts. But here's a do. I'm just going to mm. put, this is all do's. Here. Mm. If you if you have to remodel uh, your kitchen or bathroom, do call the mm. good people mm-hmm. at Tri-State Interiors. Here's the great way. This is this is I like the way they operate. For one thing, their focus is on craftsmanship and keeping their overhead low. Right there, I'm already intrigued because craftsmanship is what it's all about. At the end of the day, that's what's the most important feature. And also, you don't want to pay an arm and a leg. So you're paying for all yeah, of the true. overhead of any company that you hire. So, and Alan, as we know, before they start, uh, for one thing, uh, you're involved in the design process. The design process is cool. You you come up with uh, the, the look of the kitchen that you want, and then they put together this beautiful 3D rendering. I thought you speaking of being geeky, you can sit there and look at everything before you do it on the computer. Right. It's cool. I've I've done he sent me uh, Mike Serifoli and has sent me some of these and you download it. You can just uh open it up on your smartphone too. Mm-hmm. I mean anything and uh you do and then you move the screen and you can you know turn around and and look at the whole kitchen. It's kind of like one of those Google map things. Mm-hmm. So well, if you say like oh maybe I want the island a foot over to the left. Right. Well, or, this way, just. Or what happens if we tear this wall out? Exactly. Or what happens if we uh, move this? Yeah, move the island. What if we want to change the countertop? So mm-hmm. you do all of that in the design stage, which to me would be one of the most fun things. And then when it's time to actually get started, they don't start anything. They don't remove one Mm-mm. piece of sheetrock or anything until all of the parts and all of the counters, all the cabinets is is sitting in their warehouse. So that way it's efficient. There's none of these delays where they're saying, uh, well, sorry that your your kitchen's halfway taken apart and now we have to go away for six weeks because the countertop's being ordered or something. Well, so, and we all know- and log- I've seen that. I've been on yeah, jobs oh, yeah. like that, Alan. I say, we, we all know logistics for the last two years has been a little wonky at best. So the the thought that everything is there, the toilet is there, the sink is there, the yeah. rails are there, everything that they need to get the job done. Because I do want to point out, they want to get in, get you happy, get done, and get out. Yeah. Because they got clients waiting. For everybody's sake. It's just a good, it's a, it's a great business model and they do great work. So get in touch with Tri-State Interiors. You can call Mike Serifolian. Good luck spelling his name. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just kidding, Mike. At 901-409-1333. <laughs> Or go to Tri-State Interiors LLC.com. And and by the way, if you're listening, uh, if you can hear the sound of this uh broadcast, if you're if you're listening mm. and you're 
way over in Arkansas or something, uh, don't worry. You're in their service area. It's called Tri-State Interiors for, for, a, reason. for a reason. All right, Alan. So uh, let's – well, th- this should be a very positive segment. I'm trying to keep t- keep the balance of uh, – <laughs> Positive stories versus, uh, you know, negative or not negative, but meathead stories. So flower boxes, do's and don'ts. Uh, okay. Well, I, I'm going to go. Set the, your wheelhouse, I'm going to set mine. the Wayback Machine a little bit, and I'm actually going to say something nice about you, Joe. Oh, okay. You and I did a flower box job for a commercial client a number of years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. By the way, numerous Alan, years ago, Alan worked for this uh, company that had a, I don't even know what was it, like 75,000 square foot building or yep, something. Yep. It, it was not small. Every window needed a flower box. Yes. I started an assembly line at my house <laughs> making you flower boxes. Okay. So that now was what like did, eight years ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now what did you make them out of? I don't remember. All right. You, all right <laughs> you, oh, I think it was the, I think it was the Trex. It was material. it was the impervious decking material right. that lasts forever kind Trax of thing. Yeah. Um they were they're very attractive. They were painted and all that put in place. And how did you install them? I, I you're asking me to remember mm-hmm. things. I know. But you installed them yeah. on these two wonderful tracks that were mounted to the wall. Yeah, I do remember the notion of okay, well they might weigh 30 pounds right now, mm-hmm. but once you fill them up and there's water. And, and they get water in them right. and that kind of stuff. So you yeah. put a couple of really nice braces on the wall. Okay. Gotcha. And of recently, I had occasion to follow up with that building of and they're repainting. Yeah. And the compliments the person who made the flower boxes was getting from the painters. Oh, because the boxes were easy to take down, the easy to paint behind, they were easy to put back into place. Oh, that's so, right. Yeah, we uh, made it so they'd be. I think I made it where you undo a couple of screws and then it's. You undid right a out. screw or two and that yeah. thingy came right down. And all right. So I've basically described the dream scenario for putting up uh, flower boxes. Now, in the South, a flower box is going to go one of two ways hmm. one, it's going to be silk flowers. Okay. Or two, it's probably all going to die because, well, in the South, it's really hot here, guys. Well, you know, we're in the sun and, yeah. then the, and then the window is reflecting against yeah. it. You're, you're intensifying the heat. Yeah. Uh, it, it's right window boxes have a tendency to cook. So here in the South, uh, and I'm pointing out, you know, directly just in the Memphis area and below of window boxes are generally populated by silk and plastic flowers. Because really, you're just not going to you're not going to be able to water it enough and take care of it enough to keep plants alive. Oh, wait, you're saying they're all fake plants in there. Yeah. Oh, well, that's that's kind of a cop out. Why? You know, well, but it looks inside. nice, but it really okay. looks nice. And you have the beautiful flower box. So, you know, my first advice to everybody listening to us in the South, because, you know, I know we got a lot of listeners in New Orleans and a few other places of. All right, you know, guys, you know, it, it embrace the silk flowers, use the lightweight styrofoam or the foam block or whatever to put everything in, put a little topsoil on it to make it look nice. But remember, you're probably at some point going to want to paint this, remove it, take it down, um, something like that. So do not get cheesy like the house I saw yesterday. Where the old boy had put up some flower boxes, but instead of putting a nice bracket under them or something like that, um, he had made them out of just untreated wood. I, he, I already know, see where this is going. And, and, and basically had just power bolted them to the walls of the house. 
Right. So in other words, I'm picturing, okay, so you got a box. Maybe it's made out of fence board or maybe it's made. No, out of, like you said, wish it was that nice. By, yeah. One by four or something. And so all of the weight and every bit of that weight is on those little points of uh, yeah. just those couple of screws. Yep. Yeah, and we know yeah. who's going to win that battle. Yeah, it, well, and, <laughs> it, it, it ain't the flower box. And you know, the the new owners of the new owners of the home are walking around looking at this, and I'm like, all right, well, here's your here's your option: take it all down and let's start fixing. Yeah. Um. So you know, again, look at things from the point of view of the weight and the use. Now, if you're actually going to try to grow stuff in it, keep in mind this box is now going to weigh three times what you think it's going to weigh. Yeah, because the water, the box and go water over. is heavy. We keep going back to water is the enemy. Water really is because that stuff is eight and a half pounds per gallon. And you'd be shocked how much water a small flower box can hold. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's soaking up the into the wood. It's soaking up into the but soil. Done everything. right. They look fabulous. It's time to freshen them up this time of year. But please install them correctly. Okay. Yeah, I would say the best thing, support. find a way to support them from the bottom. Mm -hmm. Take all of the stress off the side because yes. it ain't, you know, you know. It don't work good. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I grow something real, though. You know, that's my challenge. Don't don't just. Well, in that case, they have to be deep there. enough to have enough soil. Okay. I mean, let's, let's if you're going to go to the trouble of doing this, mm -hmm. I you know, do something real. Keep it real. You know? mm. Well, we're keeping it real here on Tool Talk Radio, here on News Talk 98.9 The Roar of Memphis. At least I like to think we are. Alan, let's let's turn the corner. Let's go futuristic. Ooh, okay. We're going to talk about asteroid mining, maybe a little space farming, and William Shatner going to outer space, and how this is all going to relate to our home improvement of the future. Absolutely. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. I haven't seen you fellas since you destroyed my home, my land, and my rocket. News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Yeah, the rocket wasn't destroyed, Alan. It was uh, confiscated, <laughs> as I recall. Or pilfered. I don't know um, what you did with that thing. Let's just say it got, it got a better home. Repurposed. And welcome back to Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry, and Wood Turning. Here with my buddy, Alan Gilbert from Geeky Side TV. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. Uh, or go to the Tool Talk Radio Facebook page. Give us a like. Send us your picture. Send us uh, send us uh, your stories of home improvement uh, triumphs and tragedies. Mm. And also, while you're there, you can check out the must-have item of the week. It's already posted. And uh, if you just woke up and uh, you missed some of Tool Talk Radio, never fear, Alan, because they can just scoot over to tooltalkradio.com. And where will that link take them, sir? Uh, that link is going to land them right in the middle of all of our past episodes and a nifty button to Spotify so they can actually take us with uh, take us with them wherever they go. Yeah, I don't like to give Alan credit for too many things because I don't want to inflate his <laughs> ego. But I got to give you credit, Alan. Spotify is a good platform. I really I use it all the time anyway. And, to, and now I can just uh, if I want to listen to any of our stuff, I can just uh, click it on and it's easy to, you know, you subscribe and then you get notifications every time a new episode drops. Yep, free subscription. Yeah, it's it's free. It's a really easy to use platform. Good quality, you know. Indeed. So, um, Alan, uh, we're talking. OK, well, uh, this was a very uh, this was a very busy week in space. Mm. And we always look to how, you know, this stuff, people, you're, you're probably listening, going, well, why are they always talking about space and techie stuff? Because you know the reason we do, Alan, is because this stuff. If 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 they were doing it at NASA in six months, we're going to be uh, having these things in our big uh, box store, and they and it is going to trickle into 
the way we uh, the way we live and our home improvement and our vehicles and everything. So, well, the space program since the fifties, when it actually kind of got really, really kind of got into gear, yeah, of really has dramatically changed what happens at the big box store. Of uh, so much stuff gets developed and so many things get repurposed. Um, anything from powdered soft drinks. Yeah. Well, that came from a product called Tang that, you know, it's probably even still for sale on the shelf someplace so that you could, you know, have a powdered orange drink of the number of scientific advancements. And I'm going to look at something really cool, like a stud finder. Oh, okay. The ability to see inside of a wall. All right. I saw a stud finder not too long ago that you, you hold up to the wall and there's an app on your smartphone that actually shows you what's inside the wall. Yeah, that I, is a great development because especially if you're in a bathroom and you're wondering oh, where is that pipe? Where where are those pipes? Where, where are those pipes? Yeah, that's a great so, advancement. So much of this stuff trickles down in strange ways. And, and it is, sometimes it's not even in a way that we notice, but it may be in the mix of metals that goes in to make up a hammer. Or the subtle design of a shovel or the advancement of the materials. Yeah. You know, because it could now have a fiberglass handle or it could have a Kevlar cross of. uh, Well, I'm trying to think of the, the, the jump over to the materials. Now, you can now get a rag made out of nanofibers that you can get wet, snap it one time, put it around your neck. And it almost feels like air conditioning. Yeah, I, I've got one of those hats, Alan. I had it all summer, and it really does make a make a difference. And it, it, it's um some of these um oh what are these uh like you said there there's fibers that um they're using to instead of a bicycle frame being made of like solid you know metal or mm, whatever yeah it's carbon fibers carbon fibers yeah and that's translating into a lot of the tools we use and I I mean it's basically lighter and stronger and it's and it can be configured in a lot of different ways it's well, just it, it there's a lot of application and then it goes to your your and my favorite point counterpoint for probably the last 10 years we've known each other you are a plug fan well it's you most, uh, you it, are a plug fan i am a battery powered a battery driven tool fan my my big thing alan is just when it comes to uh, power tools because you're mm-hmm. always talking about the battery um well for one thing the batteries the battery powered uh you know hand tools sometimes the battery I found it, find it cumbersome, but also I just don't get the torque I want. I will say, though, in fairness, that that's changing. Like in the they're, last they're 10 years, talk about a torque. massive shift. Right. Um, yeah, the battery technology is improving. So. Well, guys, all of this at some point or another, we can draw the lines. It's like six separations of Kevin Bacon. We can <laughs> get back to the NASA programs for which industry got the contract to develop something. Yeah. Uh, you think about optics, uh, the ability to, you well, our smartphones. The big thing say. on our smartphones, of course, is you have a camera. You have these amazing, and I'm, I mean, if you really think about it, think about the quality of the picture, the digital picture that it is, and think about how tiny and how light that camera, quote unquote camera, really is. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's absolutely amazing. stunning compared to just 20 years ago. Yeah, because some of the cameras we had growing up, Alan, you know, if you were like a professional 
and you had the 35 millimeter. That thing was huge. I mean, you had a you had a big oh. telephoto lens. I know they still have that too, but it's like you can get comparable pictures in your in your phone. Yeah, and you can it, edit it. You can do it, you, know. you know, and then and then of course our favorite words. There's an app for that. Yeah. Of uh, so all of these things, and you think about all of the medical advances. That come out of this, the ability to watch, you know, what your heart rate is and how your respiration and how you're working and how you're doing. These are very critical things to know about you in space. Sure. Well, guess what? It translates to medicine here on Earth as well. So if you go in for a procedure of now they can keep up with whatever your blood oxygen level is with just putting a probe on your finger. Yeah. They didn't have to prick you with anything. They didn't have to stab something into you. They just put a little clamp on your finger and they know what your heart rate is, what your O2 stats are. They know a lot about you. Well, uh, here's what I was, here's where I was thinking of that, Alan. Um you've got these smart watches. My son's got a smart watch and it, and actually my daughter does too. So at the end of the day, it's like, well, I walked this many steps. Mm, I did yeah. this. My heart rate is this. Well, Imagine that type of technology, folks, for your home. Maybe you have a smart, it's diagnosing, okay, well, you've got a draft in this window over here. The air quality in this room is such and such. What if we got to the point that we had little, um, almost like little diagnostic uh, digital pads in each room of the house? So you're going, all right, I can run my house more efficiently because the kids are all at school. I'm going to turn the AC down in that you know in that area or i'm gonna i'm gonna you know turn the lights out or i'm going to uh it's time to uh repaint the outside of the house because we're seeing that mm-hmm. there's some moisture penetration coming in just all sorts of things well now then let's all comes from the space program well, well let's flip around and let's talk about painting the outside of the house well what color are you going to paint it what kind of paint are you going to use and what technology is in that paint yeah, and and talk about why the color matters too. Well, well, besides the aesthetics, yeah. Of if you live in a colder area, you know, darker colors absorb heat. If you live in warmer areas, Memphis and on south, maybe you want lighter colors to help reflect away some of that heat. Of how your roof works. Yeah. You know, your roof is probably going to be part of your uh, electrical generation system in the next 20 years. Hold on now. Just real quick. I want to just say something. Uh, when you're talking, because you you triggered me, uh, as you as you like mm. to do, Alan, when you paint a house, imagine this, folks. So, uh, and I've seen this, especially because I've been working in Harbortown a lot, Alan, mm-hmm. and you get very bold colors in the, in the right. homes there. Well, if you've got some... Um, and, and there's different materials. So the siding may be made of one right. thing. The, the wood trim is made of something else. However, if you have a house where it's more or less the same material and you've got a deep royal blue or some one of these funky colors they got right next to a bright white, those those are going to expand and contract at yes. different at different rates because of the, uh, you know, so you're going to want to pay attention to where they intersect because one one piece of wood, you're going to be, why is the trim wearing out so much quicker than right. the siding or something? And it's, Where does it, gap come from? Right. A right. lot of that has to do with the actual color of your home, mm-hmm. so, which is all part of the science of the paint, which is all going back to. Well, exactly. You know. I mean, so that's kind of the reason why uh, you and I get a little geeky of over new materials, new technologies. And it's kind of why we watch this, because I find it's it's funny that, you know, we'll read an article somewhere 
And they have come up with a fiber that does, and they'll be a whole big thing, and we'll sit around and talk about it. And you'll wonder why it's going to blow up, and I'll wonder why it's going to be fabulous. Yeah. And what's so <laughs> funny is within a year, you're going to walk through your big box store, and there's going to be a product featuring whatever that is we were talking about. Yeah, go go look at the go to the hammer section, folks. If you, next time you go to your big box store, how many wooden handles do you see anymore out? You see a very small amount. Then you see all these these carbon fiber. You see these different. Uh, I you saw know. one with a Kevlar Kevlar handle. Right, right. And I'm like, are we shooting at something? But you think yeah. about it. Then, of course, they're they're like, well, this has motion vibration absorption. Like, okay. And, of course, I one of the uh, – going through one of the box stores of – I think it was in Jackson, Mississippi. They actually had like a hit something hard demonstration. <laughs> it was great. You yeah. walked in and they had like a metal block and a wood block and, a, and you, you picked up the hammer – and you got to give it a good whack yeah. to, you know, of course, on the wood hammer, you know. So you're feeling the vibration. You know, and then you picked up this thing with the Kevlar coating and the uh, fiberglass insert and the special metal mix. And you whack that thing and you're like, hey. Well, if you're <laughs> a contractor, kill you. And yeah. you're, you know, or, you know, even a homeowner. But it's like just if you're using that thing every day. Yes. It's good for your. Think of that. It's good for the health of your bones. That's yes. less vibration, less impact. All of that stuff plays a role. It's so, you know, so it gets kind of amazing and it's kind of weird how really advanced science sneaks into just our everyday I would say mundane lives when you go to the big box store and you're looking at stuff. Yeah. Of think about of just something as simple as like a galvanized galvanized nail. Sure. Uh, the chemical coating. Which are my favorite, by the way. Uh, yeah. You know, of the difference between a drywall screw and an exterior construction screw. They look exactly the same. Yeah, one of them will rust. Chemically, they're drastically outside. different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, And it, it's funny because a lot of that stuff, not everything, but a lot of it originates, you know, I'm thinking probably your, your, uh, oh, your smart home technology, a lot of that, I'm sure, mm. developed uh, developed in that. So we're, we're, we're going to talk a little bit more about that, too. But uh, And we, had, we we definitely got to give a shout out to William Shatner. I mean, Way to go. Guy, 90 years old, flying in space. You got to love it. Holy smoke. So, you know, Alan, sometimes listening to I can the only show, hope. I feel like my brain is flying through space. But anyway, you're, we're here on Earth. You're listening to Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. And welcome to Hour 2 of Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Doris Hammer, Carpentry and Woodturning, here with my buddy Alan Gilbert from Geekside TV. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989 or go to the Tool Talk Radio Facebook page. Uh, give us a like. Uh, you can get in touch with us there. You can also see the must-have item of the week before everybody else gets to see it. If, you, if that's what you live for, if you just live for, <laughs> for that spoiler, that spoiler experience, just uh, go ahead and check it out. And, uh, you know, also, if you miss any of Tool Talk Radio, never fear, because all of the shows get posted on tooltalkradio.com. 
And there's that beautiful link to uh, Spotify, Alan. So Indeed. We're on so. Spotify, which I really like. It's a great platform, and uh, it's easy to use, good quality, and uh, it, it's it's just uh, convenient, you know. So we try well, to keep like, things convenient. We like to say there's an app for that. We, we're an app. Yay. Absolutely. I don't know <laughs> if there's an app for this, Alan, but uh, by the way, if you are if you ever have a roofing problem, mm-hmm. this is a big deal. Roof. I mean, I, I it came home to me last night, Alan. It was raining really hard, mm. and I'm sitting there looking out at my brand new roof going just, you know, laughing because I'm like, <laughs> No squirrels, no water, no raccoons, the pretty brand new roof. Yeah. And I have to thank Jay Hill from Big M Roofing for this because uh, basically, you know, he's, he's, he's our roofer, and he... Um, What's cool about Jay is the roof, you know, it's a big, it's a, it's a big deal to replace it. You got to get it right. It's a mm. roofing system these days. You don't just get up there and knock a few shingles. Together. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, they have all sorts of systems to relieve the heat in your attic to, uh, to make your, to make the shingles last longer. These things have lifetime transferable warranties. And a lot of times, not, not a lot, but it, it's possible that uh, the replacement of your roof might be covered by your homeowner's insurance. And that's one of the things, that's one of the benefits of working with Jay Hill and Big M Roofing because Jay's a, a former insurance agent, so he understands all the protocols. He knows what to look for with the replacement, and that's very useful for you. So not only is he a GAF Master Elite installer uh, accredited by the Better Business Bureau, all sorts of five-star ratings, um, but he also knows the insurance game. So he's he's a very valuable person to talk to, and he's just kind of funny anyway. Mm, no, he's, a, he's a trip. He so. knows everybody you know, too. Talk to him for five minutes, and he's going to know your cousin Bob yep. and, and uh, you know, Everybody, he he, but knows he really knows roofing. He yeah. really does. He does. So get in touch with them at 901-484-5645 or go to bigmroofingandremodeling.com. So, um, Alan, um, I wanted to, I've had this in my notes for a while. We're going to change gears a little bit uh, because I, for this resonates with me because, um, you know, full disclosure, I, I my home was built, uh, I think, I think it was built in 62. I always forget. I can't remember if it's 52 or 60. You're it's, 52. But it's got those big wooden doors. I still yes. have I have a two-car garage, which I love. It's it's basically my workshop. Mm-hmm. But the doors, man, when it gets to the time of year where there's humidity and they start to swell up, and it's there's a fine balance because you got to keep the garage door tight enough where nothing can get through, but also open enough where it'll open and close easier. And, you know, the garage door is a big deal, Alan, and there's maintenance involved. A lot of people probably have normal garage doors, like made of aluminum (laughs) or something, but even that requires, you know, we're talking about high tension springs. We're we're talking endangering your life. Yeah, those uh, level technology. Are yeah, um, yeah. There are two basic types of garage door. Um, I'm going to pick on in the mid south. Okay. Uh, there is the wound spring style. Uh, so when you walk into your garage and you're looking at your garage door and it's down, uh, there's going to be one major spring in the center over the top of your door that's very tightly wound. Of this is the type where I'm going to look at you and say, if you're not a a door technician, mm-hmm. do not play with this. This is not a DIY. No. We're, we're all about DIY, but not when it comes to the garage door. Because, this thing, man, that thing is, yeah. It, it has the power to, and I mean, we're, we're actually being very serious for a moment, that this thing actually has the power to kill you. Yeah. Of, it has to lift a very heavy door. 
it's wound very tight and it is a very substantial spring. Yeah, and the thing about the the, the garage door too, Alan, it's it's got the rails. It's um it, there, it looks pretty basic, but it's it, a very finely tuned instrument. It is. It's you, balanced. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be balanced, and you got it. So if you notice anything out of the ordinary, if you're if you're looking up at your garage door, uh, and you're going, why is that um one bolt coming out of the sheetrock, or why mm. is that why is that uh rail there have a bend in it it sounds like it's shaking a lot more than it used to right yeah please 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 look these things over of they're fairly easy to keep lubed it's it's pretty much just a standard uh, like a grease kind of just basically your standard uh uh insert grease you can look it up on your your owner's manuals exactly which one they want to use yeah and that keeps the wheels and everything moving but give it a check especially this time of year when it's nice outside and you can open the garage up of look around and make sure nothing is shaken loose nothing is pulled out uh make sure the wires are in good shape yeah, 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 because they can come loose. There's a, there's a lot of movement. There's a lot of torque. Right. There's expansion and contraction. It's just a, I, I wanted to throw that out there, Alan, because it really is a, an important function and a, an important feature of our homes that, man, you do not play games with the garage. Uh, yeah, garage actually, I've seen one. I, I saw one with a broken spring one time that fired around the garage and went out the back window. Yeah. Gosh, I wish there were a video of that. And so, anyway, well, just uh, that's our, let's call that a PSA. Yes. Take care of your garage door. Give it a quick look. Alan, I don't think this is a PSA. This is fascinating. Uh, we're going to do one of our deep cuts when we come mm-hmm. back. Max is going to uh, talk about the how the pyramids might have really been built. Awesome. If you're listening to Tool Talk Radio here on News Talk 98.9 The Roar of Memphis. We'll be right back. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. Is there anywhere in this town where we could buy a shrubbery? News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Go to Alan Gilbert's house. You'll get all the shrubbery you need, sir. (laughs) And welcome back to Tool Talk Radio coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor Sammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning here with my buddy Alan Gilbert from Geeky Side TV. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. And also go check us out at uh, Tool Talk Radio on our Facebook page. You can get get a spoiler on what our Mm. must-have item of the week is, which is coming up shortly. And also send us messages, follow us on there. And also what's great about that is if you miss any episode of Tool Talk Radio, uh, we always have links there. You can go to tooltalkradio.com send us links there and uh, you know you can email us right if they go to the alan if they go to tooltalkradio.com and they want to send us a message that'll come absolutely all right so there's really no reason not to get in touch with us so um alan uh in a minute we're going to talk uh max has got a really cool one of his deep cuts that we're going to get mm-hmm. to I don't know if this is- Okay, hold 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 your uh, hold your finger over the button for a second, uh, Max. Before we get to that, though, I just want to remind people: if you need to buy or sell a home, mm. wouldn't it be great to make the experience quick, easy, and fun? Mm, I mean, these days, I I gotta be honest, everything's happening quick. It's a competition out there, folks. But let's make it easy and fun. How's that? Because boy, if you're if you're selling your house, you're in a really good position. But then you gotta buy a house, so it's a you know buying a house is 
it's the Thunderdome these days, mm. Alan. You gotta you gotta <laughs> win the home. You gotta win something these days. Yeah. Um, I was talking to Rick Bowman the other day about this too, and as a matter of fact, we've got a real estate transaction. It's going to be very interesting. That it's it's uh, one that I'm dealing with, mm. Alan. That's going to be pretty exciting, and I'll be talking about that in the near future. But he was talking to me about um, you know they they can help you in in all areas because for one thing they they you get qualified underwritten and financed all in one under one roof but also they can help you um they have they have different uh, services to help you improve your credit score so like if you think well next year we are probably buying or selling a home well you want to get your financing in order and get you get yourself in as strong of a position as you can so it's kind of like you could almost say a uh credit tune-up that they can help you do, you know, get, get yourself in shape. So, uh, but it, it is a, it's, it's nothing, it's not like the old days, Alan. It's, it's, no. it's gotta happen fast and you've got to really know your stuff to win the home. So get in touch with them. They're, they're, they're great people over there at Weikert Realtors Benchmark. Have I given their name out yet? Yep. Yeah. You might've mentioned it. I don't know. Weikert Realtors <laughs> Benchmark, uh, Rick and Susie Bowman, they were, they run a great operation over there and I love their easy to remember phone number. 901-202-2000. Weikert Realtors Benchmark. All right, Max, uh, now you can do your, now you can cue your sound. I don't know if this is a deep cut though, Max. This is a <laughs> We were uh we were talking about this and I, I thought it was a fascinating subject. Mm. Um and what triggered it was uh Alan, there's there's still speculation on how the pyramids were built. Correct. Okay, well, we've, and, and Max, you, you've seen some videos, and uh, there's some interesting theories, and we're going to talk about that. Let's just say it has to do with the power of the Nile. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, Alan, one of the things that's noteworthy about the pyramids, for one thing, they're, they're very level. And this is, mm -hmm. you know, these things are massive. I don't even know. They're, they're as tall as, like, what, the Clark Tower or something. I mean... These things are really tall, right? They're like yeah, they're not small, right? Okay, right. so one thing that's noteworthy, and then the other is like, how the heck did they get all of those stones cut to that size? Right. How did they lift them? There's theories about that, right, Max? Yes, it's all about now. We now we're talking about the power of physics with water. Mm -hmm. Right, because the because the, the the pyramids are right next to the next to the water. They're right next to the Nile. So, what was? Can you describe this? this is going to be a little tricky to describe over the uh, the radio. But what what was the what's the prevailing theory that uh, I, there was a theory that we found really compelling, Alan? Okay. Uh, so I'm, how did I'm, they how did they do it, Max? I'm waiting like a cat eating cheese with yeah. bated breath. Okay. Well, let's begin with phase one of this theory. So, first of all, again. They place the, there's a harbor near the construction site of the pyramid, and then when the tides start to rise, these blocks all placed in there during the um, time when the water is not there are filled, they have reed mats alongside fluid, I mean bladders to kind of help, you know, like help create floats so that when the water rises, the blocks rise with the water as well. So that's phase one of the process. Yeah, can I describe? So I was watching this video, Alan. So basically there's these channels, and mm -hmm. if you if you look, people, and this is not debated, they're right there. You can go look at right. them today. There's these um, almost looks like a drainage ditch, but they're big, mm -hmm. and they're very precisely cut, and they run from the Nile all the way up to the pyramids. Mm -hmm. And that's you're correct. like, why is that there? Because some people said... Uh, that one theory was this was a ceremonial parade route. Like you basically you march 
whatever the thing is from the from the Nile to the um, pyramids, which I'm like, okay, that's a because it's cut with such precision, it's watertight. Mm -hmm. That seems like a pretty expensive sidewalk to. Well, (laughs) yeah. So that right away caught somebody's attention. Well, I'm going to throw in my answer to how do they build the pyramids. Okay, well, that, okay. And, and it's because they wanted to. Well, it's still a massive undertaking. Well, right? well, and and I say that to agree with you looking at your your trenches and water and that kind of stuff. You get 5, 10, 15, 20 or in the case in this case probably thousands of people together. Yeah. And basically you'd throw out a problem. Mm-hmm. Okay, guys, we got this 10-ton block of stone over here and it needs to be over there. Yeah. Yep. And you give it about an hour and you offer somebody a free lunch for an answer and you'll be amazed. People will come up with a way. And well, sometimes it is utterly out of left field. Yeah. And, mas- and and you know what the weird thing is? We use the same techniques today. Well, uh, Max, can I uh, I want to I want to describe this one video I saw that you that you turned me on to basically. Uh, Alan, so you picture, okay, so you start with the notion of you've got this powerful river right there, Mm -hmm. okay, and you want this thing to be level, and you want this to be, you want to get this material, so what what they came up with was... The stone is right there by the river, which I did not know. It's like a a limestone. Well, when limestone is wet, it's very easy to carve. You can, if it's soft, and so basically they would cut these into blocks while they're underwater. And so while they're nice and wet, they're nice and wet. And believe it or not, people, copper saws is just what they were in the copper age. They would cut these into blocks down in while they're down by the river. Mm -hmm. Then, like Max said, they put they wrap ropes around them. They fill them. uh, They either use wood or like animal bladders Mm -hmm. and they basically get them. So once the tide rises, because it rises for like three months out of the year, they will float. And what they constructed was this channel. This is the theory. I'm just right, going, right. and this theory seems very plausible. So you float the rocks uh, over to the area where you're going to be uh, building the pyramid. Well, the other thing that's great about water, Alan, is it creates a perfect level. It does. So they dug. The theory is they dug a trench in a square in a giant square, and they started stacking the stones, and they were basically working underwater, like you know, three or four feet underwater. Mm-hmm. Well, when when you're carving a stone and setting it in place. With water, it's going to be perfectly level because you're going to keep it right at the an inch or so from the surface. You're carving it while it's wet. It's easy to, to maneuver. It's floating. Then when you get it in position, you cut the you cut it out. And then I guess what they were showing is these. Um, have you ever taken a glass, Alan? You put it in. A, if you take a glass, people, and you put put it in a sink and mm-hmm. then turn it upside down, and it's full of water, and you take it above the water level, the water stays in place. Oh, I built aquariums like that. Yeah. Well, so mm-hmm. what they did is they had these four chutes going up each side of the pyramid as it got higher and higher. And you would open a gate, let these stones float through, and it would virtually float vertically up to where you wanted them. And it's a pretty plausible theory. Yeah, it's, it's a lock theory. Yeah. It's really interesting. And and to me, this is the one that really makes the most sense. So. Well, and and they, not everybody agrees on it, but uh, Max, where do you fall? Because uh, you you saw about four or five theories, right? I'd say it's probably the most plausible because when you look at ha- having to build like these dirt ramps or something mm-hmm. to kind of guide the stones up, and then people pushing them or animals pushing them, it seems incredibly impractical because it's like 
you have to keep building up and up and up the ramps and everything as opposed to you know like having your fancy pyramid water elevator yeah yeah it's it made it a lot easier and so you're also working under about four feet of water so you're staying cool because mm-hmm. think how hot it was there but um also the other thing is interesting if you ever see an aerial photo it's got to be at the right time of day but they uh they, you will see even though the pyramids look perfectly flat you'll see a shadow where it's slightly concave like well, on the side there could have been something putting pressure on it and there's residue from all sorts of water inside the pyramids well, it's very suggestive, and it's really and, interesting. And here's, here's going to be the cool thing. It's not going to be any one building style. I'm going to have to say building a pyramid was D, all of the above. Mm-hmm. Of Now, I'm going to take that theory, and I'm going to raise you an Edward Leeds Scullin. Okay. Of course, you're going to give a word. I don't know what you mean. but Well, okay. Edward yeah. Leeds Scullin was a Latvian immigrant that moved to Homestead, Florida, Back in the 40s. Okay. And he built by hand something called the Coral Castle. Ah, okay. So he personally, this little dude was like five foot tall, weighed 100 pounds, and he moved blocks of stone by himself that weighed tens of thousands of pounds. Well, that it's... because people are probably going, why are you guys talking about the pyramids? That's mm-hmm. not really much. I'm not going to live in a pyramid. But the reason is, folks, because when you study this stuff, it gives you ideas. It helps you be to more how we do things today. Because, Absolutely. Yeah, it, this 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 person was probably inspired by things like that. So it's it's useful to watch that stuff, you know, and and study it, and it's going to make you better at home improvement. Oh, absolutely. Anyway, well, we, we hope we're making you uh, better at home improvement or more excited about home improvement. <laughs> if not, uh, you can have your money back. You're listening to oh, Tool Talk I'm... Radio, uh, coming to you from News Talk 98.9, The Roar of Memphis. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to give you our must-have item of the week. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. I'm always thinking one step ahead, like a carpenter that makes stairs news talk 98.9 the roar of memphis and welcome back to tool talk radio coming to you from the brown refrigeration studios i'm joe thorderson with thor sammer carpentry and wood turning here with my buddy alan gilbert from geeky side tv and our producer max behind the glass who out i was waiting for a funny rejoiner and we didn't get one max uh, put the donut down and uh, you know. <laughs> anyway you can call or text us at the big m roofing and remodeling hotline at 901-683-0989 hey alan before the break we were talking uh, uh about the um uh, some videos that max and i have both mm-hmm. been watching about different theories about how the pyramids were built and um You know, people might be going, well, you know, the pyramids, what does that have to do with my home? Well, a lot of this stuff, it's just good to study. You know, one of the things we're big proponents of here on Tool Talk Radio is uh, the the more you're in touch with, uh, you know, space science, Mm -hmm. with galactic stuff, maybe even learning about meteorology, you know, meteorology or Mm -hmm. did I say that word right? Close enough. All of that stuff relates to your home and it's just, it's it ties in in ways it makes you innovative. Uh, you were talking about a, a a man before the break that somehow built this coral. He built a, a home moving these giant stones more or less by himself. 
using yeah, uh, levers and using things that maybe the Egyptians used back in the day, right? Well, you know, for, for anybody that's ever visited uh, the Miami area or have been down to Homestead, Florida, they have, of course, a world-famous structure called the Coral Castle. Yeah, I think I've seen videos of it. And yeah. it, it's it's been featured on a thousand TV shows. You can just go to any search engine and type in Coral Castle, Florida, and we'll all pop up. And um, a, a a a very small man. Um, he was honestly five foot tall. He weighed right around a hundred pounds, and he was a stone worker from uh, I believe it was Latvia. Yep. And he was supposed to get married, got dumped at the altar, immigrated to the U.S., never remarried, worked as a stone worker by day. And at night, he went and quarried his own limestone and brought it back to his property and just kind of built his own little fantasy world. Huh. And no one ever helped him. Yeah. So, I, I mean, now, you know, personally, you know, I'll confess to being kind of a big guy. Yeah. I'm six foot. I weigh let, let's just yeah. let's just yeah. say comfortably over 200 pounds. Yeah, and you know, so I make a fairly uh, robust amount of ballast. You got good leverage. If you, you know, if I need to sit on something on one end while somebody does something on the other, it's not pretty much not going to move. But this is not, you know, th this is a guy who's working totally on brain power. Mm -hmm. He's got the skills, and he moved block after block after block of this stuff and built. Basically a small little city yeah. over some 28 some odd years. Um, he finally passed away in 1951 and the world got to walk in and he had erected and carved all kinds of statues and shapes. He built all these little buildings and facilities. And one of the coolest things he had was a wall with a huge block of stone on it that you could move with just the touch of a finger. Oh, because it was so perfectly balanced, and 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 yeah. you know, and no one had, and no one's been able to figure out how he did it. Well, it finally quit working a couple of years ago. It finally ground to a halt. So we had to bring in all kinds of massive heavy lifting equipment to let this thing down easy, so they didn't break it. And they discovered that he had chipped away at the at the, at the the rock underneath and had put a, a big old wheel bearing in it from a from a car. Oh, gotcha. and then had perfectly balanced this thing all by himself on top of that wheel bearing so that this giant block of stone turned so easily. Hmm. Okay. So it gets really interesting how imaginative even the individual can get. So when I go back to well, how did they build the pyramids because they wanted to, Yeah, that applies to so many buildings through history. And if you want to just look at miracles, look at something like the Empire State Building. Yeah, I mean, who I, would sit down and go, we're going to do this? I mean, the, the Empire State Building was not built in the 80s. No. Uh, you look at stuff that was, you know, from the Grand Reconstruction. You look at something like the Hoover Dam. Yeah. And these structures, when you see them, are breathtakingly huge. Yeah, you almost think, how is this even possible to, to, to make something this, this massive? The Eiffel Tower is astounding. The Statue of Liberty. The Golden is, Gate Bridge. These things are just amazing. And the scale is just astounding. And to think, this was built almost 100 years ago now. Yeah. Most of the major infrastructure in this country 
is about a hundred years old. Yeah, it's 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 pretty incredible when you think about. It. I'm still amazed at how they even build bridges. I'm like, you know, you got rushing water. I'm down by the Mississippi a lot. Oh yeah, like, how the heck did they build that bridge? It's just you know the forces involved. But I wanted to I wanted to back up on something you said because you you you, you triggered me once mm. again, Alan. You okay. said that this guy that built the Coral Castle was he was dumped at the altar. Yep. Well, the, it, it reminds me of a guy. There's a guy, I can't remember his name, but he lived in England back, uh, like, I don't know, 20 years ago. And he got, his wife left him. Mm-hmm. And he, he he poured all of his energy because he was so heartbroken. He was a big Star Trek fan. So he converted his London apartment into basically the entire the entire apartment became like uh, the bridge, not the bridge, but it, it, it looked like a Star Trek ship. Like wow. he made the inside okay. where it looked, it had a transporter. It had the, I think the, you know, and he wound up uh, getting offers. People wanted to buy this thing for like, I don't know, $2 million or something like that. My goodness. It's a pretty impressive setup. Well, I'm just thinking, Alan, is that the key to success? Maybe that's a sub. Uh, Obsession? Sub, no, maybe that's a segment <laughs> we have to do in the future. Is that the best way to get, you know, maybe the Pharaoh was heartbroken and he put all his uh, effort into building these pyramids because somebody somewhere along the line, somebody with a, a broken heart can achieve great. Things. Oh, no, you're talking about the palace over in India. <laughs> that was the broken heart. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Maybe there's a connection here. Cause you're saying you have to have the will to do it. Maybe the designer of the empire state state building was, was broken heart or something. Now we need to look at the correlation. Wait, 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 you gotta look at that. Yeah. These superstructures versus the designers and how well their uh, personal lives went. Well, I know a lot of these designers <laughs> were very obsessed because when you get to yeah. like the Statue of Liberty, which was basically, I guess you could call it the very first crowdfunding. Yeah. Of because really everybody liked the idea, but nobody wanted to pay for it. Right. Of you look at some of these these other massive works. Um, you know, there there had to be a president or somebody really driven behind it to get it done. Yeah, very interesting. And, and, and the really scary thing is if you think about like the space program, I'll pick on it again for just a minute. They flew to the moon, guys, back in the sixties and seventies. Yeah. The, the, you know, we need to, we need to, every one of us needs to recapture that, you know, all human beings were, were capable. That can do things. amazing spirit of just getting out there. And, you know, a lot of people look at, you know, anybody that follows me knows that I do a lot of gardening and a lot of cooking. Yeah. And everyone's like, well, when do you have time to do all this? And I'm like, um, you just do. You just prioritize. Yeah, you know, it's just kind of like, well, yeah, I'm going to check my garden every day. I'm going to go out there and you spend whether it's five minutes or 20 minutes or maybe an hour, but I'm going to get something done every time, every time I go out there. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Hey Alan, uh, in a minute, we're going to get to our must have item of the week, but, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't want to get, uh, I I don't want to forget to check in with you about geeky side TV. So what's the latest over there on your network, sir? Well, we're having a blast with Halloween, of course, uh, naturally, uh, for those of you in the Memphis of, we still have on the scene with Kate Mobley that, uh, did a lot of great interviews with, of local filmmakers, of of course Scott J Carroll's uh story time is just the runaway hit yeah just too funny it's so I it's love those things they're simple and just you'll you'll just crack up with him yeah and I, I feel uh, like we're going to be hearing more from Scott oh yeah we're going to hear a lot in, more in from future, Scott here lately so, yeah. of and of course the the big the big thing for Halloween of course is scary stories with Kalila where she goes in and talks about people's 
real scary stories. They're haunted houses and other paranormal experiences. Okay. So how do people uh, follow, how do people check it out? All they got to do is pop over to geekysidetv.com of or they can tune in via their Roku TV or their Fire Stick or their Apple TV. It's a free it's free. It's app. a free subscription. Yes. Yeah. I've downloaded it. It's it's pretty easy. I think it takes like 30 seconds. Yeah, it something. doesn't take long at all. Yeah. And you're not you're not saying, "Hey, uh, give us all your personal information and nope. give us all your email it's just addresses and click and right. enjoy watching. Click and go." Yes. Huh. Okay. Um that's you know, and then also if you're a if you're a content creator, you may want to uh Oh, Contact by all means, we want to hear from you. Yes. Okay, so how do they do that? Uh, again, just go to geekysidetv.com and click on the Contact Us link, fill out the information, and send us an email. Okay. That sounds good, Alan. And uh, as long as we're talking about that, if uh, if you miss any of Tool Talk Radio, we'd like you to get in touch with us. Get in touch with us uh, on Facebook. You can go like uh, Tool Talk Radio on Facebook. You can go to tooltalkradio.com, subscribe to our podcast, mm-hmm. listen to us on Spotify, connect with uh, the tool talk family we're right, there Alan, uh, i guess when we come back we're gonna get to our yes. item of the week we got we're getting all these digressions but i think they work you're listening <laughs> to tool talk radio coming to you from news talk 98.9 the roar of memphis we'll be right back tool talk radio with joe and alan i've got one single nail and another nail to nail it in with. And I'm going to stop this infernal ice cream machine once and for all. News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. See, those are the calls you get, Al. After that guy's been working on your equipment. <laughs> yeah, welcome back. To- <laughs> sounded so familiar. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> and welcome back to Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Doris Hammer, Carpentry, and Wood Turning, here with my buddy Alan Gilbert from Geeky Side TV. And our pal Max behind the glass. Uh, you can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. I just want to take a minute to apologize to Max. Max, I uh, I don't know. I bought these new headphones, and Alan, they're, they're going in and out. I think I need to... I don't know if I need to return them or something. I think it's your ears. I, I, I think miss, Joe's just deaf. I think he's deaf. I, I, I don't know. People, it's, it's you know, live radio, you never know what you're going to get. You know, you take your chances. I missed your your last rejoiner, but I'm sure it was um, I'm sure it was a good one. Uh, it was I enjoyable. I had fun. Okay. Hey, uh, so guys, if you go to our face, if you go to our Facebook page, tooltalkradio.com, uh, or no, at tooltalkradio, you will see the item that I'm holding up mm. as our must-have item of the week, Alan. So tell us what, I, what I've got. Here. It is a lovely one and a half inch, slightly angled paintbrush. Yeah, it's a tapered. Uh, now this is this is specific, Alan. This is a one and wait. I thought I put one. In, I might have put a typo. I think it is a one and a half inch. Uh, what you got brush. in your hand is one and a half. Um, and it's uh, it's tapered. It's the thin brush, but mm-hmm. this is specifically a latex brush, Alan. Yes. I apologize to no one when I say that. Um, you know, because I do a fair amount of painting with the with the work that I do. And I have, you know, gosh, I don't want to get into trouble with the sponsors or anything. I just, I've never much had, I've never had much use for the China bristle um, brushes, even for oil-based paint. Mm-hmm. Even, I use this brush even for oil-based. Right. I use it for latex and oil. I just find that it holds the paint better. It's, uh, I don't know when I clean it, if it, maybe it's not going to last as long, but it's just, I like it. It, it gets into, air, the, the thinner brush gets into areas that, uh tighter spots like maybe mm, between mm, a door and a mm. wall sometimes you have these little 
gaps that you can't get to with a bigger brush. Well, again, the proper tool for the proper job. Yeah. And um, let's let's talk about a few hints of paint etiquette. Sure. Of I was I was sitting here talking to a friend of mine uh, this week um, who was looking to hire some people. And we were we were kind of giggling over the number of people that come in and tell you, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm a painter. I've been painting for years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I hate to say this, but we have a really simple test to see if you're lying or not. That's okay. Alan, that's a, that's a great idea because anybody could say they're a professional painter a and they do college and that. they do. Everybody does. Oh, let's but hear it. I, but I we have a, a really simple yeah. test for you. Okay. Uh, we will give you a little test board and we'll give you a small can of paint, little small sampler size can of paint and a brush that we don't like anymore because <laughs> chances are, <laughs> yeah, chances are you're going to do something really heinous to it. You're supposed to, t it, people, it, you know, you take good care of your paintbrush if you're. All right. Show. Most yeah. people don't. Yeah. Um, and good paintbrushes, let me throw this out there, folks, are expensive. No, they're, see, okay, I debate a that. A good Alan, paintbrush, well, when you start you're, talking you're, 10 bucks a brush. Okay, you're, a, a you're, bad paintbrush is like six bucks. A really right. good one is like 12. So right. how, exp and you're, and right. I, but if, I'll have paintbrushes that last four or five years. Oh, so. oh, no, see, you said the magic words. Yeah. You spent $12 over four years. Right. I spend 12 bucks every Monday morning. Okay. Because somebody has failed their paint test. Are, right, okay. And, you know, all right, ladies and gentlemen, there are two sides to a brush. You don't even have to use both sides. I never do. And, and most people side. don't. And most people have no idea what I just said. Well, uh, tell us your test because I cut you off. Because, sure. well, we give them a little thing. And if you take that paintbrush and you jam that baby in there and swirl it around mm -hmm. and get that brush really full of paint and start painting, you just failed. Yeah, because tell us what happens with that. Oh, <sighs> Well, for right. one thing, if you don't drip everywhere, you're going to... You're slinging paint. We'll yeah. start there. We're slinging paint. Two, you just messed up the brush layout. Yeah. The brush, believe it or not, if you look at your modern paintbrush, and I had to go steal it from Joe here so I could hold it. Yeah. Uh, when you look at it and you rub your fingers down it, it has a really smooth, silky feel because a paintbrush is not an individual fiber. If you looked at each one of those individual fibers under a magnifying glass or a microscope, you would see that they are just bristly. They're mm -hmm. just, they actually look like a cat's tail. Oh, All these okay. tiny, tiny little fibers. That's interesting. And those are the things that hold the paint. Oh, and you, I never did that before. That's kind of interesting. And you, you oh, you should, you should go on to a couple, yeah, you should go on a couple of the shows I go to, Joe. Um, because, you know, when when they'll break out the microscope and go, let me show you how much paint this brush can hold. Yeah. So what you have here is a good brand. I'm not, I'm not going to say it, but it's yeah. a really good brand brush. It is not a cheapy brush. Yeah. And the little bristles, the little fibers in this are very, very bristly. And you can tell that by how silky smooth the, the brush feels to your fingers. Yeah. And you really should never get paint above the halfway point on a paintbrush that that that's that's what i think too alan that's about the uh because like you said when it gets down into that metal area uh, for one thing it'll swell you're not up painting anymore right it's you're not painting drip. anymore it's right it's gonna be and and it and it messes up the uh 
the whole the the brush starts to get kind of concave. It get it won't give you that smooth, you know. Right. But also, I totally agree with you. When I when I paint, basically, um, I, I'm pretty partial to these tapered brushes. That's mm -hmm. almost all I ever use because you can get that point into the uh, into the corner and everything. And so, but I always just use I I will dip it in and then I I uh, scrape off not scrape you know I I remove half the paint on the other brush right you know just and and another tip as long as we're talking about painting tips is keep that rim of the paint can clean nothing irritates me more than when you see these guys it, it gunks it up you go to close the lid and it won't close because it's dried up and there's a bunch of layer it's you know I, and then I the learned gonna dry out. I learned the coolest trick to get away from that uh, I think I know where you're going either you need a small nail or you need a small drill bit Okay. Because uh, the way the paint can sits, the way the can sits down in there, it sits in that ridge. Mm -hmm. Now, if you take a small nail or a small drill bit and put you four holes, one, you know, north, south, east, and west, doot, 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 in the bottom of that well, not the sides, got to be straight in the bottom. When you dip, well, you're going to get paint everywhere on the, on the can. But when you have some little small holes in it, guess what? It runs and drips back into your paint can so okay. that you don't have the well full of paint to to seize up and get all nasty. Oh, this is good. This is a point counterpoint because, Alan, I totally disagree with you on this one. So, okay. here. Well, all right, man. Totally. I'm ready. Here we go. Okay. So, guys, here's this. There we go. Thanks, Max. So <laughs> <laughs> let me let me say this. Okay. If you use that with oil-based paint or uh, like a stain, something very runny, right? Some, it it does work. Yeah, it works it, good with regular paint too. It, it doesn't really work very well with latex. Those hold mm. because latex dries a lot faster to the touch. Here's what I'm going to say though, Alan. What when you so people? I hope you're following this. So if you, if you imagine that little groove that mm -hmm. uh, catches all of the paint, Alan is suggesting that you put a hole in that. Yes. Well, here's the thing. What you've also done is you've made it harder to get that real tight seal when nope. you hit the lid nope. because nope. I've seen that, Alan, where if you don't get that baby completely closed, because you're still going to have paint on the rim of the uh, can, at some point, you know, it gets gunked up. I found that it, it, it allows air in through those little holes and it'll mm -mm. dry out the paint. Not if you put them in the bottom of the ridge. Mm. Never had a problem in gosh 30 years of doing that okay well why don't they design paint cans with holes in the bottom i the wish ridge? they did i wish they did i think there's a flaw in that in that i, I haven't know. found one i haven't found a flaw it works perfectly for me it does i i will agree though when it's something very watery like stain or something that it'll work but boy i don't know i'm i'm kind of hesitant to do that here's the other reason alan if you whack a if you if you get a hammer yeah and a nail or a drill well especially if you use a hammer and a nail you might just slightly bend that um you know when you're the force might slightly bend the uh that valley or something so mm -hmm. that it's not going to close as tight like this maybe isn't it's Putin trying to weaponize shape. it you shouldn't beat it senseless okay. it's a little tap 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 it's called finesse joe i don't know 
All right. It works good for me. We'd it love, works good for me. So what can I tell you? We'd love to know where you stand on this stuff. So um, I don't I don't know. Yeah, join in this little fight. Have you ever done this? Does it work for you? Does it not work for you? Yeah. Send us an email. Pop over to tooltalkradio.com and say, all right, I heard you guys arguing on the radio, yeah. and we're going to weigh in on this. Yeah, I would do that. And so. you might win some tickets. You, you might, actually. <laughs> so, hey, Alan, uh, before we get out of here, I need to remind people about something. Uh, if you need a deck or a pergola or a patio cover or a fence mm. or really anything made out of wood for the outside of your home, just give me a call. I can handle this. This is what I like to do. I enjoy this work, Alan, because it's not. It is. It's, it's oh, not, and it's so beautiful this it, time of year. It's never an emergency situation. Almost never. I can't say anybody has said I need a deck built tomorrow because uh, you know something. It's usually a pleasant experience because it's it's uh they've budgeted for it they've planned Mm. for it and and we we love the design process and i keep my overhead low and uh usually i beat just about everybody's prices but the craftsmanships you know that's that's what i focus on so if you need any of those things anything made out of wood for the outside of your home give me a call at 901-921-7105 or go to my website thorshomes.com and alan um we've been slowly assembling the team here so if you're a contractor or a business person that you feel like you'd, you'd like to have a presence on mm-hmm. Tool talk and, and lend your expertise to the discussion and uh you know, promote your business, give me a call directly at 901-921-7105. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk, you know, we'll, we'll get the conversation going. Cause I, I really, Alan, I think we need like some electricians, plumbers, you know, that's the reason that uh, we, we have guests on the show to get their, their expertise and, uh, and learn things. So, you know, and maybe they can answer the question finally. If we get the right, you know, is could a could a concrete person give us the definitive answer about how the pyramids were built? I mean, you never know. Ooh, that'd be expert. fun to find out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> so we want to get those guys involved. So, um, but um, Alan, uh, I would definitely recommend people get on YouTube and look at look up some of these things and tell us what you think. There's so many cool videos out there. There's so many ways to get motivated, and there's also a lot of. Uh, you know, idiots out there too that are sort of entertaining to watch. Go <laughs> there are to, a lot of cautionary tales of what not to do. Yeah, go yeah. to go to total idiots at work, uh, and mm. you'll see some you'll see some juicy stuff. Oh yeah. But um, anyway, so what a day, Alan! We've gone from outer space to uh, ancient ancient Egypt, and uh, and hey, hey, when I'm 90, I want to go fly in space. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Well, uh, <laughs> anyway, you've been listening to another action-packed episode of Cool Talk Radio here on News Talk 98.9, The Roar of Memphis. On behalf of my friend Alan Gilbert and Max behind the glass, I'm Joe Thorderson. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>